everybody. Welcome back. It's a Friday. You know what that means. The Mountaineer Sports Insider is back once again this week. I'm Tanner Lambert of U92, the sports director over there on the student radio side of things. And by goodness, it is the busiest schedule, part of the schedule, I should say, of the year. Luke Blaine is sitting to my right, the sports editor over at the Daily Athenaeum. Pick up your copy on Wednesdays, or you could check the DA online every single day of the week like I do to get the latest on the sports side of things. We have a guest with us today, not a coach or anybody like that, but somebody that's very special in our hearts. The Big Mac, Brian McQuellen, is here, and you know that only means one thing, Luke. We're talking basketball. Oh, yes, hey, sir. It's that time of the year. Hey, he, he, we do, we, it, it's an athlete special guest. Uh, okay. Yeah, okay. Yeah, yeah. He I was our, that. He was our... Knight in shining armor for uh, oh, the no. for the ninety. That was you. You led the team in three point percentage. D- d- so. Don't don't flatter me. <laughs> oh man, <laughs> you said I led the team in three point percentage. Yeah, you did. Did, did you make, take two shots all season? Yeah, I didn't but. make one. Oh really? <laughs> yeah. Now I'll take that back. I'll take yeah. that back. I think I made a deep out. two one time. You did. You did two. There was a deep two. You know what's the worst shot in basketball? What's that? A deep two. Yeah. Okay. Because it's like either. Hey, there were no. If it went in for the U ninety twoers, it was not a bad shot. That's true. That's true. He gets it. No, we we needed all we could get. <laughs> we could. Uh, looking forward to the season starting off in February for the 92ers. Yes, sir. Final season coaching for the Tan Man. Uh, maybe I'll come back and guest coach one of those games next season. We'll see about that. Um, what? I just think that's funny. Yeah. Uh, full man. week coming up here uh, for everybody, and that includes on the athletic side of things. You look at this composite schedule, lots of things going on. Um Let's start where we always start, and that is on the gridiron. Tomorrow night, or tomorrow morning, I guess you could say, you have the West Virginia football team traveling down to Orlando to play the University of Central Florida three-and-four fo- three football team that has not won a Big 12 contest yet in their first year in the Big 12. And, Luke, I said that this, this, this morning on the morning spiel with Alex Wiederspiel, DJ Spiel as I like to call him, uh, this is the first league game for football in the Big 12 that will be in the Eastern Standard Time Zone on the road. Isn't that something? Like of the year? Ever. Or ever. Right? In the Big 12? Oh, ever. yeah. Wow, look at that. That's wild. And that's I didn't. I didn't even think about that. Yeah, I know. It hit me this morning, and I was like, huh. It's yeah. just a, not doesn't mean much, but it, it it's certainly interesting. Yeah. Well, I mean, like, time zone traveling, even if it's a few hours, might throw off athletes a little bit. But, you know, it's always— I think it's more it, for the fans. Yeah, absolutely. Right, a noon kick actually means a noon kick. And, and for yeah. us, I guess, noon kicks have always meant noon kicks because it'll be noon in the Eastern time. When it's noon, it's 11 a.m. over there. Uh, which is definitely a little bit different, I guess, for West Virginia when they travel. It's one hour earlier than they're used to for game day stuff, but whatever. Um, yeah, that's that's whatever. So, they are at Central Florida tomorrow. Uh, Going to be an interesting game. They match up all right with UCF. UCF's a better football team than what their record shows, in my opinion. Uh, I, I think that... You know, they they run the ball effectively, and that's something that the West Virginia defense has struggled uh, with lately is stopping the run, and that was not something they struggled with early on in the year. I mean, when you look at it, you know, they let up about 143 a game, which is still really good, but uh, the run defense has been better at times this season than it has been as of late. They're 4-3 and three now on the season. They were 4-1. and one earlier on uh and so they've lost the last two need to get back in that win column t- 
tomorrow to get to five and three through the first eight, I think. Yeah, absolutely. And I mean, you mentioned the run defense last week. Uh, your guess is as good as mine. What happened in that one? <laughs> yeah, I, Ollie that, Gordon. I mean, Ollie Gordon in the fourth quarter had more rushing than they'd let up all year to any team. Yeah, I mean, two eighty-two and four touchdowns on the day. One fifty-four in the fourth. Yeah, not good. That's that's something else. But yeah, WV they got to turn it around. And I mean, they we know this defense is capable. I mean, they held running backs like Nick Singleton and uh, Amani Bailey from TCU in check. Yeah, and I mean, they held Taj Brooks in check at Texas Tech. Yeah. Oh yeah, and he was like the majority of their offense. Yeah. You know, but something about that Oklahoma State game. I don't know what it is. If you know, you get out to that four and one record, you start to relax a little bit. But it seems like that could have been what happened. Yeah, double. They they have to get it back in check because, you know, this team. We were looking at this team early, like man, they might win ten games. You know, like after their four and one start. But, you know, they gotta turn it around now. And I think you know the goal for the season. I think is still, like a lot of fans wanted, bowl game and a bowl win. Yeah, seven and five is what I said with a bowl win, uh, yeah. and get to eight and five, that'd be pretty good. I mean, they could still very well go eight and four this season. Um, yeah, they they could win out and lose to Oklahoma and be eight and four. So that's not out of the question. I don't think. I think Central Florida is their biggest test outside of Oklahoma left on the schedule. BYU's not good. Cincinnati's terrible. Baylor's a question mark. Uh, and this since or this Central Florida team rather. Let Baylor score 29 unanswered to come back and win, right? Yeah. <laughs> so, it's all up in the air. I mean, Central Florida almost beat Oklahoma last week. Who, who the hell knows who's going to show up for them? Um, and, and Brian's a guy that's been on the Touchdown City Tailgate, mm-hmm. a U92 show that is a football preview week in and week out. And he knows a lot about this football team as well. Brian, I mean, what are you what are you yeah. thinking about? Uh, I mean, UCF's coming into this game on a four-game losing streak. Obviously, they just almost won at Norman. So, yeah. <laughs> but yeah, and then also along with that, I mean, they did lose to Baylor where they blew that lead. Um, that's the last two weeks for them, right? Yeah. Uh, no, they they played. They let up fifty-one points against Kansas. And oh, that's Kansas, right. But without without Daniels. Yeah. yeah without and now now UCF didn't have Plumlee, but Plumlee yeah. didn't play defense. Um, but I, I think I mean this this offense. They, I mean they are explosive. I mean they put they put up thirty-five points against Baylor. I mean Baylor isn't you know the greatest of defenses in the Big Twelve, but I mean Timmy McLean. Um, doesn't really turn the ball over. doesn't really throw interceptions. Um, so if you're West Virginia, um, I think they're going to have to go back to what got them to 4-1, and one, just controlling the pace of the game. Probably mid-20s, I think, where the scorings will be. Um, but you got to stop the run as well because this team can run the ball. And, you know, I mean, to talk a little bit about last week, I mean, West Virginia was up four in the fourth quarter, and then once Oklahoma State got it going on the run game with Ollie Gordon, that was pretty much it. So if you're West Virginia, you know, the run defense is big, um, but you also can't let – uh, UCF getting getting a you know in a in a roll early. So. No, no, you can't. Luke, did you do a piece this week with the UCF writer? I did not do it, uh, but it was done by Trent Lewis, uh, mm-hmm. one of our writers. But yeah, I mean, he was just big on the impact that Plumlee has had from a leadership standpoint, and just how he really opens up the offense. And obviously, coming back from that injury, missed some time, but. You know, I think UCF still has some pieces that need put together was the uh, general consensus that I got from uh, Dominic. Oh, shoot. His last name's escaping me, but his first name's Dominic. He's in charge of the UCF student uh, newspaper over there. But I don't know. I mean, with the struggling UCF team, this is a chance for a get-right game here by WVU. 
So they're really going to have to lock in and they're just going to have to go out and do what's been working for them, which I think they've strayed away from a little bit with these last two losses. Yeah, I, I think so. So an interesting one tomorrow. We'll see what Garrett Green and C.J. Donaldson can do as they go back home to Florida um, and, and that sort of thing. Uh, it, it's going to be something. All right, that's your football covered for this week. Hopefully West Virginia can get right on the gridiron and get to that fifth win here in October. Um, could still be bowl eligible by the time they come into November, which I think would be pretty good for what this football team could do. Uh on the golf side of things, we talked about it last week. Ali Menard finished as the runner-up at the Xavier Invitational. Uh, they have one more event uh, before they head into like that sort of winter break mode, if you will, um, and that sort of thing because of the weather up here and around the country. They're going to be at the Steelwood Collegiate Invitational this weekend in Laxley, Alabama, uh, before they go into that break and they take two months – three months, rather, uh, and head out to Arizona for the NIT uh, at the end of January. So we'll see what the uh, boys can go do down there at the Steelwood Golf Club. Uh, should be an exciting sort of closeout event to this fall slate. Good luck to them. Uh, I, I think the building that they're doing down there at Pete Dye uh, should be close to finished here soon. You remember Ren Baker in our interview with him, Luke, kind of talked about that and how excited the golf team is to get that done. And a lot of that has to do with the ability to now practice at home here in the winter. Men's soccer. Good Lord. <laughs> Took me a half hour on, two, on Wednesday night on the sports page to talk about what this weekend entails. 16 yeah. points in the league is what the University of Central Florida has. 15 is what Marshall has, and 15 is what West Virginia has. The three of them all right there. The top two seeds have host site games in the Sunbelt Conference Tournament, Luke. They're at Kentucky tonight, a Kentucky team whose last play was against Marshall on Sunday, and they beat them. Marshall's lost two straight. That's big. Kentucky's a good team. They ended the West Virginia Mountaineers men's soccer season last year. West Virginia needs to go and get a win in Lexington tonight and follow that up with a win against Old Dominion on Tuesday. They control their own destiny here a little bit as Sunbelt play closes out, but... They need to win out and remain unbeaten to have those host site games. That's part of it. They also need to see Marshall or UCF end with a tie or a loss somewhere else down this stretch to really be sitting good. If Marshall or UCF can have a tie or a loss and West Virginia wins out, West Virginia will be one of the host sites for at least one of the rounds of the Sunbelt Conference Tournament uh, where you'll have four teams come to Morgantown. Uh, if they are the one seed, then the entire tournament, if they stay in it, will run through Dick the Less Soccer Stadium. It's going to be something to look forward to. Um, so, again, everybody that's a Mountaineer fan should be rooting for the UCF football program to take a loss tomorrow and the UCF soccer program to certainly take a loss as well here this weekend. Uh, they play Georgia State and, oh, <coughs> is it South Carolina? No, it's not South Carolina. I do not have it off the top of my head. Um, but it's it's going to be interesting. Both Marshall and West Virginia do play Old Dominion. Marshall also plays James Madison, who's fourth in the league with nine points. That's how big of a difference there is between the top three and the next three. Uh, Luke, going to yeah. be something. Uh, Caldera has been terrific this whole season, maybe the player of the year across the country. But uh, they 
they could very well go unbeaten and be the three seed in their conference tournament. <laughs> Which is absurd to think about. Yeah. And I mean, I think it speaks to just how powerful the Sunbelt Conference is in men's soccer. But I think that with that, that has to speak to what WBU's been doing, to not take any losses. Sure, there have been some ties in games that they should have won. For sure. But this, this team, I think, is legit. I mean, there's, there's an energy around this program like no other WVU sport right now. And, I mean, you saw it at Dick Delesque during that Marshall game, and I would expect to see the same if the Sun Belt Conference does indeed run through Morgantown. Yeah. Um, all right. You know how good I am at memorizing things? I was so close. Oh, yeah? I was so close. Marshall plays Old Dominion tonight. West Virginia plays Old Dominion on Tuesday. Uh, Marshall's in Virginia to play Old Dominion, by the way, so that could be a little interesting. Uh, UCF does have Georgia State tonight, so I was right on the money with those three games. James Madison is the one that plays UCF. South Carolina is the one that plays Marshall. I knew it was those three teams, and I had them flip-flopped around. Going to be something. Marshall's home against South Carolina on Tuesday down in Huntington at 615. West Virginia is hosting Old Dominion, and UCF hosts James Madison. So all three of those teams are home on a night that decides the conference. Wow. Yeah. Wow. It's it's going to be something to watch for on Halloween night here on October 31st. Uh, yeah, there, there's a lot at play here. Um, the way it will work is the team that finishes third will travel to the team that finishes second home site round. So in the case that it were to start today, that would mean that West Virginia is going to Huntington, which would be better than them going to Orlando. Because if they go to Huntington, they're not going to play Marshall until the second round of that tournament. Maybe the I think it's the second round. That means the first round, it, it'll be all gold and blue in the stands. And for the second round, it'll be kind of similar to what we saw here, I would assume, uh, in, in the Mountain State Derby. Um, that, that would be something. I would rather see them go to Huntington, but uh, it's certainly not set in stone quite yet. Uh, something to watch for, though, for sure, this weekend on the men's soccer side of things. Hopefully they can at least stay within the state of West Virginia, again, the soccer capital of these United States that we live in and call home. Number two team in the country right now, they win out. They're definitely going to be the number one team, I think, in the country if UCF ties or loses. Uh, well, so who's, who's won? UCF's won. Marshall okay. dropped to six because they lost to Kentucky as well. Yeah, I saw that. That was crazy. Yeah. Big Mac, you've never seen anything like the way this uh, regular season's coming to an end, have you? Oh, no. Not at all, man. <laughs> not a chance. It's great, though. I mean, I grew up playing soccer. Uh, it's a great sport. Um, that is the first time I've ever heard you say that. <laughs> I have lived with you for two and a half years. I played years. soccer until, like, eighth grade. I did not know that. Me and my dad, uh, my dad's a big soccer guy. Well, I so. know, I know that Hoop Core is a big soccer he guy, is. but you guys are a basketball family. Yeah, no, I, I was pr- at one point I was probably better at soccer than basketball. Like, I was pretty That's good. That's hard to believe. All County, Brian back in New Jersey, I, Presque, I, go I was, Cougars. <laughs> I was so good that I, I played a year up, believe it or not. Oh my yeah, yeah, no yeah. way! I swear, they were like I was like the only what one did, in my what grade. What did you play? I was striker. Oh, I, I dude, I led the team in goals as the youngest player, man. That was nice. What? I know. I saw, I focus on. Wait, basketball, was that like so. a travel team? Yeah. Okay. Like yeah, my McCresco, like my my team, my town back home, like just wow, to, look yeah. at that. That's wild. I was actually dude. like, in, I know, and Brian never good. wanted to be part of soccer coverage this season. Yeah. I don't understand well, what. What a, what a humble guy. Oh, it's not that I didn't want to. I just I, I don't know. Mm-hmm. Next question, please. Mm-hmm. What, what, what a humble guy to never Thank bring you. that up. Thank I'll you. Be talking, I, I made a three pointer. in Panama. <laughs> 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 He made a three pointer down in Chile or wherever. Panama, Panama, Panama. I, I think I, I think if if Luke plays ten on one on one to eleven, it's gonna be eleven ten. I don't know who's winning. But you got to do win by two. Win by two? Yeah. Will Luke make a three is the question. 
<laughs> Tanner certainly won't. Uh, <laughs> I mean, Luke shot that thing from the Panama Canal and made it down there. <laughs> he did. Um, Over the mountains. Yeah, yeah, yeah. All right, swim and dive. They're at the University of Cincinnati in a Big 12 matchup this weekend. Uh, very excited to see how that shakes out. Again, I'm telling you, there's some exciting news coming for the swim and dive team come the springtime. Uh, Brian knows it. Can't can't say it on air yet, though. Very exciting. Oh, I do, yeah, yeah. yeah. Very exciting. Very exciting. exciting. More personal than anything else. Yeah. But uh, some exciting news potentially coming for the swim and dive team. <laughs> but they do go on the road for their first Big 12 opponent. What? Oh, no, you don't I, know I, yet. I, I'm just going to need the... Yeah, you don't know yet. It's all right. Yeah. It's all right. Uh, yeah. Uh, swim and Diver at Cincinnati facing their first Big 12 opponent of the season here. We'll see what uh, old Bertlitz can do. He won every event he swam in against Penn State two weeks ago, and now they'll be at the Keating Aquatic Center uh, this weekend. Uh, I, I do have some friends that swim and dive for the University of Cincinnati. Oh, yeah. Um, Stella Bromford, one of those young freshmen. Uh, you know, integral part of that summer league team I coach. Mm. Her mom's the president of the pool board. Oh, wow. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Exciting. So the whole thing was rigged is what I mean. <laughs> no, no, God, no. <laughs> but uh, lots and lots. launch an investigation into you just like Michigan. Yeah. <laughs> Stealing signs from other swim coaches. Yeah. Is that how that would work? <laughs> I don't know. I, I don't I don't think so, buddy. <laughs> I, I don't think you know enough about uh, swim and dive, my friend. <laughs> that's, that's not how that works. Uh, but they will be facing off against the Bearcats, and uh, I'm, I'm excited. I'll be paying attention to this one. Um, it's a weekend dual meet. Let's see what the previews got here for us from Cincinnati. Who to watch out for? Uh, Hunter Gubano. He won the 100 back, 200 breast, and 2 IM uh, last time out. So those are not the events that Burlitz swims. So that, that'll be interesting. The way that swimming scored is something to watch for, too. The relays mean a heck of a lot. So uh, we will see what that looks like come the next week so the men and women swim and dive teams are out that way um let's do women's soccer very quickly <clears throat> women's soccer just closed out their regular season with a draw against cincinnati at home on monday and i'll tell you what luke last week you told me that uh nikki Izzo brown's probably the best west virginia coach of all time yep I'm right there with you buddy they oh, fight yeah. all I the way back to seven seven and four still have a chance to make it 20 some straight seasons Without a losing record, yeah, absolutely incredible. I mean, I, I, that's just that I stand so firm on that take, dude. I mean, just there's never been another WVU coach who has had as much success consistently as mm -mm. she has. Nope. And I mean, if you look at the, I mean, I saw people calling for her job after that start by this women's soccer team this Which year. Which is also just unreal. No, yeah, like they, you, like people obviously have no idea just how integral. Nikki Izzo Brown is to this team's success, and yeah. if she can lead this team to a winning record, and I, we we were saying it whenever like they before, were two five and two. Yeah, we were saying it back then. If there's one coach who can get her team together for the Big Twelve tournament, it's Nikki Izzo Brown, and yeah. it looks like the pieces are coming together here even earlier than that. And if they can go into the tournament with a winning record and get some favorable matchups down the line, yeah. I don't see why we couldn't see knock on wood a repeat of what we saw last year or at least them earn an NCAA tournament bid yeah it's going to be something to watch for they'll play Texas in the first round uh that will be on Monday uh in two days time they'll play Texas at 12 30 p.m our time down there in Round Rock they're in the four five matchup game seated fourth or seated fifth rather they were seated fourth last year played the same sort of trajectory that they will play 
once again this season. Uh, and this is a Texas team they drew with on the road, nil-nil. Uh, so something to watch for. Hopefully the girls can go down there and get it done. For all the talk about Marcus Caldera, Taylor White's been similar. She's had nine goals this season as a sophomore as well. Absolutely incredible what she has done. Also, Keza Massey down the stretch, four straight shutouts and out of five games. They win four out of five, and they draw the last one down the stretch. Absolutely terrific what they did to close out the season. Now the question will be, what can they do down there in Round Rock? All right. Tennis team, Luke, tell me about it. Yes, sir. They had the ITA Atlantic Regional last week. Only three girls of the team played. Uh, Momoko Nagato, Misha Kucharova, and Maya Dodik. Now, a uh, little bit of struggles in the singles category, uh, in the main draw particularly. Uh, Kucherova won her two qualifying matches, but I believe I think she won one in the uh, qualifiers. Uh, that was, but I uh, can't for sure say on that one. That result is slipping me. But Kucherova and Nagato made it all the way to the quarterfinals as a doubles tandem which was really cool to see, and they lost in a tiebreaker, so we're really close to making it to the semis there. But uh, some pretty good individual performances over there, and love star Alexis was not competing. I was wondering why, but then I saw yeah. she is com- she competed in the Pan American Games, yeah, uh, representing Haiti. Yeah. Uh, lost in the round of 64, but still, that is a huge deal for her. I know I've spoken to her personally. She wants to play pro after she's done with collegiate tennis, and I, that's a huge step for her. That's a big experience. She took the first set, but lost the next two. So... I'm sure great experience for Love Star over there at the Pan American Games. But, man, I don't know. The, these ten, We're talking about pieces coming together. I think this tennis team could be something really interesting to watch come the spring season. And I think it might surprise some people. Yeah, I mean, that's that's awesome for Love Star Alexis to go play professionally like that and represent her home country. Uh, that That's really, really cool. Uh, the volleyball team, they fall into 9-14 and 14 overall. They get swept at Kansas last night. They'll play Kansas again tonight. That's a very good Jayhawk team that's ranked in the top 15 nationally. But they have won two conference games this season. They're 2-8 and eight within the Big 12, 5-5 five and five at home, 1-7 and seven on the road. That's the big difference. Um, so good luck to them tonight. But they'll come home and they'll, they'll play some other uh, – hard teams here shortly they've got texas at home for two uh two sets next week uh thursday and friday another top 15 team in the country before they go back down to texas to play texas tech and baylor and then they'll have byu in oklahoma to close out the regular season not going to be easy for them down the stretch but we'll see what they can do uh in the face of adversity the rifle team still number one in the country luke they've got a huge weekend yeah huge weekend Number two, TCU, and number three, Nebraska, are the opponents this weekend down there uh, at Texas Christian in Fort Worth, Texas. Uh, They are 8-3 and all-time against TCU, 15-3 and all-time against Nebraska. They did lose by four points last year to the Horned Frogs. Um, They have not lost to Nebraska in some time. They just beat the number four and number eight teams last weekend. Can they do that again against two top five teams this weekend will be the question. But uh, big weekend uh, out there at the range for the rifle squad, Luke. Yes, and WVU has not – this is also something – all of their matchups so far have been ranked teams. Win against number 11 Akron, then you have number four Ole Miss, number eight Memphis. And then, I mean, you're looking at your – Two top competitors, at least at this point in the season, with TCU and Nebraska. 
and it looks like they'll be competing against Nebraska twice. Yeah, Nebraska comes to Morgantown then, I think, next weekend. Or no, it's it has their name down twice on the on Saturday this week and then Sunday again. But Nebraska oh. does come to Morgantown here in about two weeks. Oh, is it two weeks? Uh, November eleventh and twelfth. Okay. I don't know what the deal is with them being on the schedule twice. There is, but you know, this is a huge weekend, and I mean, WVU is widely renowned as probably one of the greatest teams ever in rifle, and probably, I mean, I'm not all that familiar with rifle. Uh, history, but I would I wouldn't imagine that there are many more storied programs than West Virginia. <laughs> but yeah, this is I mean this is huge, and I believe is TCU not in the uh, JARC. I think they are. GARC. Yeah, sorry, the I was looking at that. The GARC, yeah. In uh, Nebraska too, is, or am I wrong? I'm about sure that? they are. Yeah, I I forget. But uh, some of them have them labeled, but TCU's not labeled on the website. But I feel like they are. But now, so big weekend for WVU and Mary Tucker. I mean, <laughs> goodness gracious. Dude. Well on our way to maybe go for an Olympic run here. For oh, yeah. That, I mean, that'd be sweet. The max is 600, and she is consistently like 595 and above and like 598. And that's just it, yeah, it's absurd. Unreal. It's unreal. Um, the rowing team, they are at the head of the Shaikol River Regatta. On Saturday up there in South Philly, Brian, did I say that word right? Do you have no, any idea how to say that? Ah, uh, that yeah, that that sounds right. All right, thanks. You're asking Brian. the wrong guy, though. Thanks, Brian. Good job, uh, Brian. Yeah. <laughs> oh my God. Uh, this is a big race. Eight thousand athletes are going to compete. Thirty thousand spectators from around the world is what it says. Uh, so that that's certainly something. They have the Sandy Run Regional Park uh, next weekend at the head of the Okeon. Uh, in Fairfax Station, Virginia. So uh, two weekends in a row, the rowing team will be competing. We'll see what happens there. I uh, haven't competed in some time uh, off the top of my head. So hopefully they can get this thing done. Yeah, they haven't competed since September 30th, so almost a month to the day uh, since their last time out. We'll see what they can do up there in South Philly. All right, Luke, we're getting close to talking yes, basketball here with the Big Mac. I'm Brian McQuillan, as we continue to run down the rest of this schedule. The cross-country team is heading up to Ames, Iowa to uh, go to the Big 12 cross-country championship. Certainly something. Um, it'll be at the Iowa State cross-country course. They're going to run the 6K, uh, and then the all-Big 12 team and stuff will be announced with things like that. Every team will be in the race. Do you ever run cross-country? No. I, I did it. When I, I, was in I middle ran. School. I ran track. Mm -hmm. The longest race I ever did was like the four hundred, which I, is I which quick. is isn't even distance. Well, this was before I really hurt my back. I, I used to be able to run cross. country. I actually did cross country. Me. No way. <laughs> no. I I did for like. Don't lie to me. No, like I I I I tried out. No, I didn't. Try, they did like summer workouts when I was debating about doing it to get in shape for basketball, and I did it for a week, and I was like, no, nah, I'm not doing this anymore. It so. was hard. <laughs> yeah. I remember doing it, but I was, I was kind of fast. How do you think I uh, suited up for that event? What do you think I looked like? Uh, you wore your short shorts. Yep. Uh, you wore like a tank top, probably. Yep. Anything else? Socks. I. I you know, I had to wear the headband. Yeah, you wore a headband. Oh yeah. <laughs> I, I wore a headband when I hooped. Yeah. Well, like a little one, because my hair would get in my eyes. Mm, mm. But now, you know, there's no need for that. No. No, there's not. Brian ain't hooping like he used to. He's not hooping, Brian. <laughs> uh, check out hooping with Mike and Brian. Out no shameless plug. Uh, yeah, out on out on all platforms. Hooping with Mike and Brian. There we go. I yeah. mean, I what are it. we doing? <laughs> <laughs> uh, 
That's funny. Uh, all right, so good luck to the cross-country team up in Ames. All right. Really quickly, I'm just going to run through this weekend's schedule one more time to let you know what's happening. Tonight, Swim and Dive is at Cincinnati. Uh, men's soccer at Kentucky. Again, watch out for that one. Volleyball is at number 14, Kansas, out there at the Fog. Uh, football is at UCF tomorrow. Cross-country at the Big 12 Championship. Swim and Dive still at Cincinnati. Golf at the Steelwood Collegiate Invitational. Rifle at TCU, number two in the country. And they'll play number three, Nebraska, or shoot against. Rowing at the head of the shoe, call Regatta. Rifle again on Sunday against Nebraska, and golf will still be competing at the Steelwood Collision Invitational. Baseball's having a little fall ball action against Liberty. Uh, I saw a video of Grant Hussey doing one-leg squats with 500 pounds on his shoulders today. (laughs) Yep, there you go. Soccer's at the Big 12 Championship on Monday. Men's soccer against Old Dominion on Tuesday. Uh, Big, big weekend in sports like we mentioned, and we have not even gotten to basketball. That's right. It's basketball season. We're going to start with the women's team. Uh, again, with this women's team, new first-year head coach Mark Kellogg, sixth winning as active coach in college basketball. You don't often get to hire these guys, but uh, just to remind you, every single home matchup for this women's squad you can find right here on U92 The Moose, WWVU FM Morgantown, 91.7 on your FM dial. Sometimes it's 91.8. I don't know why. But uh, check that out if you're in the car driving around the local area here in Morgantown. And if you're not in Morgantown and you'd like to listen to women's basketball without paying for ESPN+, Plus, you can catch me and the Big Mac on most contests at u92themoose.com and click listen live there and you can hear the voices of the Big Mac and Tanner out at the Coliseum talking about Mark Kellogg and his squad. Uh, you know, this season kind of feels like how we felt going into last year, yeah. right? First year head coach. Last year it was Don Plitzwhite who we got into that a little bit on Wednesday night. Um, took off for Minnesota right after the NCAA tournament game. That's right. They went to the NCAA tournament in their first year with Don P at the helm. Can they do it again? I think so. With Mark Kellogg coming into the fold, you keep the pieces that are really, really important for this team. Four or five starters back. The only one that's not is Maddie Smith, who graduated. So she couldn't have been back anyway. Uh, oh, Isis Bay, too, I believe, right? She didn't yeah. start. I said oh, she start. didn't start? No, four oh, out of wow. five starters. You got yeah. Blackson back, Watson back, Janiah Quinterly back, old J.J. Quinterly. Picked to be first team Big 12 all preseason this season. Uh, and then... You have Blackston back, right? And, yeah, Blackston, Blackston, back, and then no. Hemingway. Hemingway. Old Jayla Hemingway will be back, too. So okay. four or yeah, five starters good. back, that's important. Isis Bay, that's a loss, but I think they're going to fill that hole mm-hmm. fairly easily with what they have this roster uh, constructed the way they have this roster, rather. But, yeah, you bring in a first-year head coach and Mark Kellogg, and he has been on the show already. We got yeah. to talk to Mark Kellogg earlier this season. Brian, you got to meet him out in the lobby when yeah. he showed up. And he's a really cool guy. Oh, my gosh. Really chill yeah. dude. Laid back, but uh, he seems like he knows ball. I'll, I'll tell you that, and uh, I, I'm excited to see what this guy can do with the team. Yeah, um, to go to actually, I want to build off your point about uh, how you said they can fill the void of uh, Isis Bay transferring. Uh, Terz- go ahead. Yeah, Terzan Moore is a junior who transferred here from Oral Roberts, averaging a double double last season. <laughs> uh, pretty good. Thirteen and ten. Yeah, but she's listed as a guard, so um, she was one of the best rebounders in the Summit League as well, uh, and that's obviously going to help. I'll fill that missing void because Isis Bay did a lot of things off the bench for this team. Um, but, yeah, they got a really good group. Obviously, it helps coming uh, coming back with uh, J.J. Quinterly. Um, <laughs> obviously, I, I'm interested to see how it's going to play out because she obviously her first two years she played with alongside Madison Smith, but now that backcourt 
Uh, you know, I assume is going to be rent. She'll be running the offense a lot along with Kai Watson as well. But I, I got a lot of new faces. Obviously, um, Coach Kellogg definitely knows what he's doing. I mean, he's six and active winning his head coaches in Division One women's basketball. So they got a bunch of different pieces. I don't know how long it's going to take them to uh, put it all together. Yeah, but I think he, I mean he. De- I mean, he, he he was won that many games for a reason. So I think he's going to have it under control and they're going to be ready to go. I mean, they they definitely should be competing for a spot in the Big Dance in March. I think. I think so. Do you guys hear that noise? I do hear. That I noise. do. It's coming from over here. It is. I don't know what that is. Brian's going to roll over. Check it out. Yeah, come from the bedroom. All right. I don't know. Sure. Whatever. Okay. We're downstairs in the new studio. It's been redone a couple times, but uh, where we usually record from, it's some kind of feedback from a computer that's not even turned on. Who knows? Um, Yeah, this team, I mean, Brian, we also didn't mention uh, one of your favorite players that got added internationally. Oh, yeah. Yeah. I I could drop some facts. Yeah, let's let's drop those facts right now. You you mentioned Tazara Moore guarded six foot tall. You don't often see that. And this team has five players over six foot tall on it, eight players over 5'10". They're going to have size that's going to be tough to compete with. And Mm -hmm. one of the things we did notice last year with Don P, right, when you have these new players on the roster it does take a little time to get acclimated but luckily for this team you know they have some opponents that are not to the same standard mm-hmm. right early on and so hopefully you can find you know some of that chemistry early on we saw it work out last year for him uh the big stat last year not only did they make the ncaa tournament but 13 and 2 at the coliseum defended home court well and there are already more season tickets bought than ever uh for this women's basketball team coming into this season and you know, they get ranked and they continue that streak at home like they did last year. They're going to be a really, really fun team to watch with a fairly full building, I think. Yeah. Uh, and, and that's always a good thing as well. So I'm excited. It, 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 this is like the perfect time for the WBU women's basketball team to be improving like it is. I mean, mm. women's basketball is finally getting like the recognition it deserves, or at least trending more that way. I think so. But the WNBA is taking off this year, or they took off. I mean, the season's wrapped yeah, up. They, they, yeah, they, the ahead. WNBA has some problems, and I hope they can get them fixed. And the number one problem they have is there's not enough teams. Exactly. Mm-hmm. They, there's too teams, much. Right? There's, I think, yeah, oh, eight. I think it's, eight. Tw- it's 12 or 8. Yeah. Either way, you know, we see things happen where you have top five picks that get cut. Yeah. Right? Like, that that should not be happening, right? There's enough talent to field, you know, 20 teams in this league easily. Mm-hmm. Um, and the infrastructure's in place to do that. They need to figure out a TV rights deal that's a little bit better. But, I mean, you're going to have – you had huge, huge numbers last year in the women's NCAA tournament. Oh, my goodness. Yeah. And fans are falling in love with these players. They're going to want to watch them at the next level. So you got to fix the TV rights deal, do a little bit better than what they have going on there, whether that's going all on Amazon Prime or something like that. I think that that would be a beneficial thing. You need to have a devoted network to what this is doing. But this is a league that's definitely growing and a sport that's growing for good reason. Um, But you're right about that, Luke. It's getting more and more exciting every year. All right, Brian, when we look through this roster, there's some other additions that are – very, very important. Some international players as mm-hmm. well. Uh, and, and one of those is Ayana Holzer. Yeah. Um, very I, good th- I think that might be Ainwa. Is it Ainwa? I, yeah. It, it's, it's, it's a Swiss name. Yeah. I, yeah. I'm going to have to figure it out. Um, she's a red, for, a red shirt 
freshman transfer from Purdue, so she didn't play last year. But prior to the year at Purdue, she was recognized as the 2022 Swiss Basketball League's sixth woman of the year, along with most improved player as well. Um, Pretty good. Yeah, so, I mean, she has uh, obviously has experience playing at the national levels and junior levels overseas and in the United States. Uh, so that's just going to bring a different style of basketball. I mean, you saw in the FIBA World Cup, like the way basketball is played overseas is different. A lot of people like it more, more ball movement and whatnot, but that's more like the professional levels, but that'll be interesting to see how she play, uh, fits in here. Um, but yeah, that's just, that's an interesting fact that I came across uh, and she's young too. I mean, she's only a, she's a retro freshman, so she's still, she's still got a good bulk of her career left. Um, so I'll, I'm interested to see what, like what her role is going to be, but that was definitely something interesting that I, that I found out when digging deep in, deeper into this roster. Yeah. That's another guard that could help in that backcourt with JJ Quinterly, along with, the likes of Lauren Fields, a fifth-year senior from Arizona that transferred in, stands 5'9", where's the number 23? That's always a good sign. Uh, Jordan Harrison as well, she stands 5'6", a sophomore that comes over from Stephen F. Austin with Coach Kellogg. She knows that system that he wants to run and that sort of stuff. Uh, talking more on the, you know, sort of, basketball side of things you know the systems that they're going to run when mark kellogg was in the studio with us and he talked earlier with us you can go find that interview as well still in the podcast feed of the mountaineer sports insider he talked about how well the defense is probably going to look similar to what you guys expect out here at west virginia but the offense is going to run a little bit differently and I, I think that's important because this was a team that last season guys they shared the ball very well and a lot of the time they were able to find that open shot whether it was down low with the bigs uh on, on some post moves or things of that nature or it was finding Maddie Smith on the outside or even Kaya Watson, for that matter, on the outside to shoot a big three that usually would go in when they needed it to. Uh, obviously, a heartbreaking loss to end last season out there at Kansas City. All three of us were there for that within the building. Um, terrible way to lose a season on a buzzer beater well, like that. the uh, Big 12 tournament, but... Well, no, that, the, yeah, I know they, they made the NCAA the tournament, yeah. and they didn't win that game either against Arizona out at Maryland. But yeah. uh, strictly talking about what happened against Oklahoma State against the Cowgirls, that was that was a tough way to close out your sort of conference slate. They I, after that, I didn't think they were going to get in. They did. They played Arizona fairly well, uh, just couldn't win it. And you know, there's some questions about maybe if the coaches' hearts were in it or not, um, which I think are valid questions. Uh, but we're not going to delve into that too much. But uh, this season, uh, everything's laid out in front of them, and they've got a very good roster in place, in my opinion. And it's not like first-year coaches haven't had success in the Big 12. Oklahoma State's last year, she was a first-year coach in the Big 12. Obviously, Coach P was. They were the four and five seeds in the tournament. They both had buys in the Big 12 tournament. And now you've got a coach in here in Mark Kellogg that's coming in to compete in a very good league. Uh, what can they do? Luke, your thoughts on the team. We haven't, I, I've cut you off a couple times. No, I'm sorry. It's all right. Now, this is exciting. And, I mean, Kellogg is obviously, you know, he's bringing in the recruits. I mean, a lot of new players from last year. Two, two pieces who have already played in his system. You mentioned Jordan Harrison, but Zion Nugent uh, coming in also from Stephen F. Austin. I think this is going to be an exciting season for the women's basketball team. Yeah. It's very rare that you see a team that gets three different head coaches in three years. Yeah. And then the third time, you know, there's still players sticking around. I, I was worried players like J.J. Quinterly, Kylie Blackston were going to be gone, but they're sticking around. So they obviously see something in Mark Kellogg and the potential that this team has that they want to stay in Morgantown. And I think that that's something that WVU fans can really look forward to. This team, I mean, talking about the three head coaches, it's very rare that you even get to see those teams build up because, you know, like new coaches are often tear down periods and, yeah. you know, rebuild. But it looks like this team 
could be ready to just carry off of the success that it had last year, which I think would be very fun to see. You know, it's always, I mean, there's some, they kept the key players, like you were saying, I'm a big fan of Kylie Blackston and what she does down low for the Mountaineers. And you're partnering her with Dan, Danelle Arigbabu. Uh, sorry. If, uh, yeah, six foot four. That are you kidding me? Yeah. That that front court, I mean, yeah. you know, this is and of course you also have Jayla Hemingway, good rebounder, and you know this is going to be a fun team to watch going forward. Yeah, it is, and they've got a nice non-conference schedule against some marquee opponents. Uh, second game of the year. I mean, it starts. They're going to be at Pitt November 11th at the Peterson Events Center uh, playing the Pitt Panthers. Then they go to uh, they come back home play Youngstown State. But then they go down to San Juan, Puerto Rico to play in the San Juan shootout against George Washington, Charlotte, and Southern Illinois. Uh, that's exciting. They got Penn State coming to the West Virginia Coliseum, Delaware State once again. That was a fun game last year. St. Bonaventure will be here as well. Um, it's the Wright State game this year that's the Education Day on December 18th. And then they have Niagara on December 21st. And then it's conference play. They start at Allen Fieldhouse against Kansas. Uh, and then they've got Cincinnati and Texas back-to-back here at home. Texas early at home, too. That's something to watch out for. All right. Again, really quickly before I close out the women's basketball talk, catch every single home matchup here on U92 as well as the tournament games. Uh, we are excited to bring you those. Couldn't get the pieces set to get down to San Juan, Puerto Rico. I tried. Don't worry about it. Uh, all right. Men's basketball. Lots of news this week about them. They kick off sort of tonight at the West Virginia Coliseum. Uh, hasn't really hit me yet that we'll be at the Coliseum watching basketball tonight, guys, but uh, George Mason's in town in the charity exhibition classic that they do to uh, benefit West Virginia Medicine and the Children's Hospital over there at JW Ruby. Awesome cause uh, to raise some money for. Should probably be a fairly full house tonight, I would imagine, against George Mason uh, for this West Virginia basketball team. Uh, tough news, though, earlier on this week that's brought out a lot of people uh, talking about it. Raekwon Battle, his waiver denied. Yes, another waiver denied for this West Virginia basketball team. Color me shocked. Uh, three, within three since December. Yeah. Isn't that just shocking? <laughs> I, I, yeah. Yeah. Um, and since that, we've seen the West Virginia Attorney General come out in support of Raekwon Battle, and he said he's going to have discussions with the NCAA, as well as Governor Jim Justice coming out and saying that this is not acceptable. Uh, you know, you let coaches free transfer wherever they want. No repercussions. We saw it here. Don Plitz right out the door. No problem. She gets to start coaching at Minnesota right away. But players, they can't move up into Power 5 and play right away. I don't understand it. It does not make any sense. We don't need to spend too much time on that. So we're hey, going to still... The, the last person you want against you in any issue is Baby Dog. That's and right. I think that, you know, the NCAA is going to have to look out because they, they better change that decision real soon or else the dog's going to get gonna get a let out oh okay okay <laughs> when i when i say i have that dog in me i mean baby dog okay. i just want you to thank I you just want you to know that thank you uh this roster's constructed as best as it could obviously lots of news from this summer uh regarding coach hugs broke my heart uh he was a big reason why i came to west virginia as a kid from ohio and you know obviously things happen and it is what it is um Interim head coach Josh Eilert seems to be having things put together the best he can. He had a very hard job to do. I think he's done exactly what he can do, uh, and you can't expect any more than that. 
Uh, players get the option to do what they want after a head coach has to resign or get fired. Um, and, and that was the case here. They lost some pieces, but he was able to keep most of the roster intact. I think some of the very important players on the roster that they brought in that haven't even suited up were kept here in Morgantown, which was important. The loss of Trey Mitchell, we can go back and forth with that. I see Brian shaking his head already. Yeah. Yeah. We'll see. Yeah. Uh, softest 11 points you'll ever see, in my opinion. <laughs> um, <laughs> Whoa, that's not what I was alluding to. That's, but. that's what Brian always says. Uh, oh, putting Brian under the bus now? Yeah. Well, I mean, I sit with you and watch most of these games, and, yeah, sometimes it felt true. Um, so I will know, not confirm nor Best deny wishes that. to him at Kentucky and what he can do. But, uh, yeah, they've got some other good pieces, and one of those pieces is Jesse Edwards, who was named to the Kareem Abdul watch list. Kareem Abdul-Jabbar, excuse me, watch list uh, before the season. Only 20 big men named to that per season uh, before the season kicks off. So that's that's a good sign. Um, they've got Missouri State, Monmouth, and Jacksonville State to start off before they head down to Fort Myers for the Fort Myers tip-off, uh, which would be also very fun to go to. Those are those are days we can make work, too, fellas. Let's get down to Fort uh, Myers. I'll, I'll go. You're in? I'm in. All right, let's do it. Road trip. I, I think that Road be, trip. You're yeah. going to be in Georgia that week, Brian. Oh, is it? Is Watching Collie Hoops. I will. Lehigh basketball. Wait, is that th that's during Thanksgiving break? Yeah. 20th and 22nd they'll be playing uh, at Fort Myers. Well, I, I, could, I could make it work. We can make it work. Uh, for those of you that don't know, the Big Mac sister, Collie Hoops, she plays at Lehigh, baby. D1 yes. basketball. Let's go. Good luck to thank you, thank Lehigh you. and the Riverhawks this season. Mountain Hawks. Mountain Hawks, same thing. Hey, Riverhawks, my other sister's cause. I appreciate it. I was you. close. I oh, knew yeah. it was one of the two. Actually, can I say a fun fact really, really quick? Yeah, go ahead. So I'm the Mountaineers, uh -huh. Aaron's the Riverhawks, mm -hmm. and Colleen's the Mountain Hawks. Yeah, there you of, go. Isn't that kind of crazy? Yeah. It combines all three of them. Yep. There we go. I, I like it. That's cool, man. Core Hoops likes it. He doesn't even notice. <laughs> <laughs> Core Hoops, of course, the elder Big Mac. <laughs> the, uh, the big Big Mac. Yeah, the big Big Mac. Uh, elder Mac. Elder <laughs> Mac. There you go. I like that one. All right. So... <laughs> This roster is something uh, when you look at it. Josiah Harris, Kobe Johnson, Pat Sumnick, and Seth Wilson, the only four guys back. Lots of fifth-year seniors last season, though, to be fair. But they bring in a ton of new guys. Kirk Creasa, probably one of the most important of those, along with Jesse Edwards. Uh, yeah, I, I mean – the, yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, Brian, you give me your thoughts on this team. Yeah, I mean, it's, it's tough. Gonna, it's yeah. tough to tell what you, they're you said, be. Yeah, you said it earlier. Eilert was definitely put in a tough position, um, obviously. But Almost I did, impossible. Yeah, he did a good job of getting the ro a pretty well-rounded roster. Uh, I mean, we could talk all day about, um, you know, Jesse Edwards and uh, Kreese as well. But uh, I want to talk about Seth Wilson and um, Josiah Harris, the two two returners for the Mountaineers, obviously along with Kobe Johnson. But I think those two guys are going to have a big role on the team this year. And I, I've said this before. I think I said it on Sports Night. But – uh, last two years, Seth Wilson's more of like a guy who brings energy off the bench, comes in, hits a hits a three or hits a tough shot. I think this year he's going to have to be more of like a well-rounded scorer. Like he can score. He shows flashes of his ability to get to the rim. Uh, he can obviously stretch the floor shooting the three as well. Um, and then Josiah Harris is a six-seven forward. He he got some. He did play some valuable minutes in Big Twelve play last year. Uh, he's a guy who. He he can shoot the three ball, but he's more of like a I think like gets to the rim, gets to the free throw line. Uh, we haven't seen much of him yet, but uh, I think he did start in that scrimmage they had against Vanderbilt, which uh, they lost. They lost to. Obviously, Raekwon did not play. Uh, and if uh, assuming that things stay the way they are, I I would think uh, Josiah Harris would be that starting forward. But I mean, I don't know. I, I don't know we'll see tonight. Yeah, we'll see tonight. Um, but but yeah, I, I of the returners, I think those two guys are gonna have a big role. And Kobe Johnson played meaningful minutes the last two years as well, coming off the bench. 
more of like a facilitator, just kind of good gets defender the ball. too. Good defender gets the ball where he uh, has to go, and I think this team's going to miss uh, Keity Johnson a lot. Um, but they do have a bunch of guys that can fill in the fill in the void. And I, I mean, I'm interested to see how it's going to uh, look out tonight. Like, it's going to be interesting to see like what the rotation is because I know uh, we don't really know what to expect yet. But tonight should give us a, a good feel. Yeah, they it. they got a lot of new guys on this roster, and we'll Sumnick too. I should have mentioned him too. Yeah, he, he, played, Sumnick, he played towards the end of the year. He was too. like the second guy off the bench last year. Uh, and he he's a guy who can defend, he can crash the boards, and he finishes well around the rim. So he's a guy who I think he's a junior now, so he'll have a role. Or he might be a senior. Uh, that sounds like a senior. Senior, yeah. yeah. So he'll have a role as well. But yeah. what are your thoughts, Blaine? Yeah, I think that I think that the pieces from years past that you've seen not have as big of a role like last year with Pat Sumnick, like you were talking about, but also Seth Wilson and Josiah Harris. They're really gonna. This is their chance to showcase what they have and showcase. Uh, the difference that they can make on this team. And I think that, you know, you have the exhibition game. This is some time to work out the kinks. And, you know, early season, obviously, too, with some lighter matchups moving into Big 12 conference play. But you had Josh Eilert, I mean, during the media day, openly admit. Yeah, I mean, that's. I, I wasn't there for that, but op- openly admit that. He thinks that there are only about seven or eight guys that he think can really play in the Big 12. And it's really interesting to try to look at this roster and kind Pick of think, k- 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 kind of think like, yeah, who is? I mean, I think you obviously have Kirk Creasa and Jesse Edwards, who are guys that you can depend on. But moving forward, I, you could see some. Is Acock playing, switch, Brian? Or a cook? I, yeah, I think I, I I think he's on the. I think he should be playing. I, I tonight. I couldn't well, remember. I, about no, I couldn't remember if his waiver was. It was Farrakhan's another is, is, guy. Is it Farrakhan that know, got his waiver denied? I thought it was denied. But well, we haven't heard anything. Yeah, on we haven't heard about it. But I don't think he has. Okay. He hasn't been like cleared yet. I don't think. All right. So yeah, there, there'll be a lot of news about that. Also, just to note, this coaching staff is certainly something. Um, I actually love it. I, I love number the players. I, I love it too. And we we heard Alex Ruoff on Wednesday as well talk. It was him, Eilert, and Seth Wilson who talked. Uh, but you look at this coaching staff. I mean, this might be an all-time Bob Huggins team if you yeah. were able to put them all together. <laughs> That's true. Yeah. Now, Eilert never played for Huggins at K-State. Huggins was at K-State for one year, and Eilert joined his staff that year um, and then came over to Morgantown with him. So, just in case you don't know, Josh Eilert's been on Bob Huggins' staff yeah. since 2005. So he knows basketball. If you're around Huggins for 15 years, you're going to learn a thing or two about basketball, I would assume. And Ruoff kind of talked about that as well. But uh, as far as the assistant coaches that are listed, uh, you got JM5, Jordan McCabe, right? Big piece. Damar Johnson played for Huggins at Cincinnati. Ruoff played for Beeline and then a little bit for Huggins here at West Virginia. And then you got the man. Right, Deshaun Butler. Are you kidding me? Like, come on. You got the man there as well, all on the bench with head coach Josh Eilert. You said McCabe, right? Yeah, McCabe. Um, And, I mean, McCabe just got out of playing college ball. So, he's a guy that really is invested and knows what's going on, I think. And it's really important. The way they have this set up is kind of interesting to me, too. So, Ruoff and JM5, they're working with the guards. 
They said Deuce is working with the bigs and DeMar's working with the forwards, and then Eilert's kind of overseeing it all. So I, I think that you've got a coaching staff that you want to talk about some all-time players at their programs. I mean, you've got a top-five NBA draft pick yeah. on this coaching staff. Like, let's be real here in, in DeMar Johnson, who played a, a, a long time after his injury in, in the NBA and overseas, and we know Ruoff has been playing overseas and Deuce has played and that sort of thing, and they all have connections to guys in the NBA, especially, right? You know, Mike Gasney comes to mind immediately. Joe Mazzulla, obviously, mm -hmm. as well. Mike Gasney, the GM of the camp. Joe Mazzulla, the head coach of the Celtics. But this is a basketball coaching staff, if I've ever seen one. Uh, and one that really is a West Virginia sort of centered basketball coaching staff, if I've ever seen one. Uh, the funniest quote from Eilert on Wednesday, uh, because he... He, he's just being honest. And I think it was yeah. you, Blaine, that told me. He was like, well, he's got nothing to lose. Yeah. He, he might as well go out there and be honest. And I think that's completely yeah, fair. Yeah, I mean, you look – I mean, it's just the interim tag, yeah. you know? I mean, it's not like – I think we could see it peeled off and he becomes the full-time coach here. I, I think so, I think so, they absolutely. can find some success And then he can season. continue to say what I – like, speak his yeah. mind and say whatever he wants, I, I will you know? say, he did kind of talk like hugs up there, right? Not much emotion. Well, you know, the, yeah. we can't rebound the ball defensively. I can't make him make their free throws, you know, that sort of thing. <laughs> yeah, I, yeah. Uh, Not a very good hug. I, I do a better one, but, you know, I'm on the spot right now. But uh, <laughs> he did say – well, it was different. They asked him about if he's going to coach from a stool or from the bench or is he going to stand it up. And he was like, well, it was nice to stand up and not have to look around some big coach in front of me talking about <laughs> hugs, which got a little chuckle from everybody out there. And, you know, not really a dig at hugs. He, he, Ruoff said, you know, we're hugs guys. Uh, he, he said that uh, on Wednesday. Uh, and it'll be interesting to see what these guys can put together for this team this season because I'll tell you what, they got a tough out-of-conference not in the first three. They have a chance to play Virginia or Wisconsin after they play SMU down there in Fort Myers. It's the first five Big 12 games that are going to be. Well, hold on. Though. The Big East Big 12 battle, they got St. John's coming to town with old Ricky Patino as the head coach there. Uh, mm. Also, Jay Jacobs, last day broadcasting for West Virginia. Mm, yeah. uh, very awesome for him. He's been a – and he's been part of the team for 50 years. Oh, yeah. Right. Awesome dude. Uh, we're, we're very happy for him. Wish him well in retirement. After St. John's, five days later, they'll have Pitt in town at the Coliseum for the backyard brawl there on the hardwood. Then they'll play Drexel, and then they go play the Basketball Hall of Fame Classic. They'll play Massachusetts, Radford, Toledo there. The big one for me, oh, which yeah. I want to go to, December 30th, up there in Cleveland, Ohio, at Rocket Mortgage Fieldhouse. Brian, come to Columbus. We'll go I'll up to there. this game. Let's do it. You got the Buckeyes mm. in a uh, – what do you call that? Uh, a it's not game? at Ohio State. It's – Oh, neutral, neutral site. site. Good lord! Oh, neutral. Thanks for helping me, Blaine. I was looking at you, just smiling right back at me. Yeah, Lots sorry. Of help for yeah, me sorry. I should have read your mind. Yeah, they'll play Chris <laughs> Holtman and the Buckeyes. Too too bad they didn't do this. They did this game two years ago. They didn't play it last year. It'd have been fun to see this team play yeah. Sean McNeil. Yeah, it would have been. been. Would have been nice. <laughs> that would have been something. Uh, but yeah, let me give you their first five in conference play: Houston on the road, K State at home, Texas at home, Oklahoma on the road. All right, fine, fine. Then Brian's favorite coach in the world, <laughs> Bill Self, comes to town January 20th. I'll be Kansas. there. I'll be there. <laughs> yeah, Brian, Brian will be there. I can believe that. Um, that is, I mean, four out of five of those games are probably ranked teams. Yeah. Yeah. By that time. By the time they play them, yeah. Are you kidding me? I mean, Kansas for the third straight season is the preseason number one team in the country. Yeah, <laughs> I mean, I, I mean, I, I don't know what to Mountain, tell you. They almost had them last year. I obviously two different teams now, but it's like. It's gonna be, I think it's going to be another year where those Big 12 teams can like beat each other. Like It's going to be like one of those years where it's, anybody It's going to be it. tough. Uh, yeah. And then after Kansas, they got University of Central Florida down in Orlando. Then they'll go to Stillwater. they got Cincinnati, BYU, and then Texas again. They only play Kansas once. Uh -huh. uh, 
Yeah. And no then, trip to Allen Fieldhouse. No, no trip to the fog. Um, Big 12 championship, March 12th through the 16th. The women's is the 6th through the 12th. They're alternating weekends. Both of them will be played at the T-Mobile Center, a very nice venue. We were all there last year. Mm-hmm. Probably all going to be there again again this oh, year. Yeah. If I have to deal with Luke playing in the hotel room again, <laughs> this podcast will be ending. <laughs> <laughs> I can tell you that right now. We, do, we should have a documentary. Uh, like no, a, we should no, do a no. we should do a last dance style documentary. I like that. I, of, I like us, that idea. So, so what's it going to be? It's going to be him at Pickle Rick's, or whatever the hell that <laughs> restaurant was called, eating a whole pizza by himself. And then getting a, good and then, pizza, and then he'll get water too. He'll just drink all our water as well. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Yeah. I go down there. I buy water, and I come back up, and yeah, Luke drinks God. them all. And uh, great. Thanks, Luke. I mean, this is the guy that you know. He's not going over there tonight, Brian. So you won't see it firsthand. This is the guy that pays for the smart water at the Coliseum. All right, this is the end of the show. Well, hey, <laughs> no, I, I don't. That, that is a very oh, like, uh, he gets it like that, that, that's a discounted price because you get a fifteen dollar concession voucher at the men's games. Yeah, so it's only two extra bucks. It's only two extra bucks, Brian. It's a big out of his own pocket. Thing, it's a big. It's a big like one liter of water. It must be really good water. I must be missing out on something. It's smart water. I, I don't know what to tell you. Yeah, makes me smarter, man. That, that's why I am the way I am. <laughs> good lord. Yeah, yeah, uh-huh. I am ready for you, Luke. If that's what you like, I guess that's what you like. Yeah. If you've enjoyed the conversation today, we ask you to tune in to Beat the Clock when we feel like doing it. <laughs> <laughs> Mondays and Friday mornings, 8 to 10 a.m. Uh, I only say when we feel like doing it because apparently everybody always has a reason to not come. Yeah. And let me tell you something else. Brian and I did this damn show last year, 7 to 9 Seven. <laughs> 8 to 10 a.m. We didn't really miss nothing. it last year. We really barely no, missed it. No, we never missed them. Oh, I gotta, I gotta schedule my classes. I can't come. <laughs> All right, fine. I actually, ha- I fine. had a meeting today. That fine, it might have been on me today, but did we do one Monday? Uh, yes, we yeah, did. Yeah, we did. We did one. We didn't do one last Friday or last Monday. Right. We're really not good at that show, but it is a fun show when it does happen. <laughs> oh, Eight it, to ten a.m. on United to the Moose. Again, you can go to unitedtothemoose.com, click listen live, and check us out. Eight to ten a.m. there, or when I upload it, search the sports page on the podcast feed. It'll be in there with the sports page podcast from U92, the Moose. Uh, this has been another edition of the Mountaineer Sports Insider. We'll have Brian back on again. This is a lot hey. of fun. Yeah, thanks thanks for having me, guys. It was um, great being here. I, yeah. was, I was talking to some of my writers recently about getting them on the podcast. and You, know, you can host some, those get, Getting some extra voices. Uh, I'll tell you this, too. Brian's not going to be a writer for you anymore if you have another Sunday meeting at 3 o'clock. <laughs> Hey, I thought that was that, the best that, that way was I spent. Not my decision. Hey, I that was the way I wanted to spend my twenty first birthday. Right, <laughs> exactly. Come on, cut him a break. <laughs> I'm sorry, it's okay. I <laughs> Disgusting. Hey, he's, he's provided me with. Hey, you have a staff me. meeting at three pay, o'clock on a Sunday that. during I mean, the fall. Not okay. I'll go yell at Jules too. I don't care. Who do I got to yell at? Uh, probably Jules. Yeah, that's unacceptable, <laughs> Jules. Unacceptable. It's a, it's a football no, the, Sunday. The, the, the Eagles played. At, they played at night. The yeah. Had they not? Time. What if the Titans were playing at one o'clock that day? Would you went to that I, meeting? I, no, I would have gone to the meeting and done it, what? It is my duty. And had the Titans game on at the meeting and yeah. not paid attention no, to the meeting. No, I would have paid attention to the meeting. I can multitask like that. I would have. <laughs> I, I I would have had the score updates on my phone. I would check momentarily. I wouldn't be actively watching it. He's gonna cry. There's gonna be no beat the clock with Luke Blaine there on Monday after Derrick Henry's traded to the Browns. No. Oh yeah, actually. Well, I, I got my Steelers-Titans tickets. Great. You're going to go watch the Steelers and Titans play on Thursday night, and the Titans have half the roster they did at the start of the season. <laughs> now over half. <laughs> Bayard's gone. Henry will be gone. <laughs> They're going to trade anybody else that anybody will give them something for. I, I could see them trading some other pieces before Henry. I think Henry's definitely on the table. <laughs> Henry's gone. Stop I, it. I don't He's know. gone. I He's don't gone. Know, uh, tune in to Beat Clock Monday, and you can hear more of that. 
Um, I have one other thing. <laughs> what? Oh, Luke Blaine, Brian, and I wish you the best of luck on your e Yeah, we do. <laughs> I'm rooting for you, man. I'm rooting for you. We're rooting hey, for hey, you. I, I've, say, I've said this all along. I, I've said this. The only thing I needed to push me to pass this econ class was for Tanner Lambert to tell me that I couldn't do it. And he told you he, he, could, you couldn't. He, 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 After he today, me. you're not going to be able to. <laughs> no, dude, I'm going to screenshot my... Uh, I'm screenshotting my. It's a lockdown so browser. You can't screenshot that. Come on now. Uh, Seriously. Well, like my, my the results page. Oh yeah, yeah, oh, you got it. The results right. page. Let me tell you something. It'll make it in the beat the clock group Luke, chat. Luke Blaine was down bad in this econ class. Yes, sir. And I, we, I did the math with Brian, and we were <laughs> like, dude, there is no way that you are going to be able to even get a C in this class. I, I think your math is faulty. I honestly. I, After I'm, today, it will be proven correct. <laughs> <laughs> I. I <laughs> <laughs> just some, just some context. Bri- Brian and Tanner are in the class too. They've taken the online exam. I haven't yet. Brian didn't do too well. Tanner didn't do too well. <laughs> Can Luke, you know? Be Apparently, able- Brian hey. emailed the instructor. Nobody's doing yeah, too nobody well on this econ wrong. exam. Yeah. I, I will say I'm up to a C in the class. I'm up in the yellow. If you look on eCampus, I'm in the green. Uh, I've moved down to the green. So yeah, I, I'm up in the class. All I got to do is get 70s from here on out. Yeah, and, Brian, did you get and, a 70 on this exam today? I, no, I wish I got a 70. <laughs> Me too. And, and the extra credit has yet to be graded, too. No, it's in there. It's going to be you added have to add, at the add end 25 of the points to whatever you have. But, yeah, so like that that's what it means. Like, It's not in there yet. You know, it, uh, yeah, it's not going into the end of the semester. Yeah. You're going to need that extra I, I, credit I'm today, in, my I'm friend. In the yellow, I'm in the yellow without it. You're going to need uh, that extra hey, that's credit That's a great today. attitude. Hey, listen, after I'm done here, I'm putting together my cheat sheet because we're allowed to have that. I'm not breaking any rules. You know, we get we get a one-sided yeah, sheet and we did not We did not tell him anything about this exam, yeah, all no, that. No, 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 no. we don't we're, do that. We're, we're honest journalists. We have ethics. We took yeah. Dr. Jones' class. No, no help. No, Everybody's tough. just like a... You know, okay. you, li- you get you get your grade and you live with it. You know? Yep, that's all you can do in that class. I forgot God. everything that was on it anyway. So yeah, yeah, yeah. Hey. Good luck. Yeah, good luck. We hey. wish you the best, Mr. Blaine. Thank you. I hope you prove Tanner wrong, man. I, I hope for your own. I hope you do too, because by God, if you don't, that's a problem for you, pal. <laughs> <laughs> that's a problem. Hey, he does it with a smile uh, on his face, so that's all. Oh, that matters. Yeah, he exactly. does what? He does it with a smile on his face. Oh, Look at him right thank now. Thank you, okay. Brian. All right. Well, right. let me. Thank you, Luke. Let me. Let me. Let me get this date for you. What, what's the date? Best date. Oh, no, it's November sixteenth. Oh, he already knows. He already yeah. knew the date. He already <laughs> oh, knew I, the I date. knew. I knew. I looked. I was like, oh, he man. knew the date. Last Best. day to withdraw from a class <laughs> here. At it's not what I expected. No, I actually do. I do know it. I, I, don't don't you worry. He has that written in his pocket. I, or something. I looked at I looked at that date long and hard. Like yeah. <laughs> whenever I was telling you guys about that. Yeah. First. Brutal. <laughs> we're we're hoping for you today, <laughs> Mr. Blaine, on the econ exam. All right. That'll do it for us. We'll be back again next week. It's the Mountaineer Sports Insider. Don't forget to pick up your copy of the Daily Athenaeum this week. Also, go to United2TheMoose.com. We've got some exciting things coming out there on the blog post. Uh, a new collaboration with the Mountaineer Maniacs. How about that? Yeah. How about that? That's really cool. Go check it out. It's going to be fun what you see on there. Uh, and please, please subscribe. Also, follow us on Twitter <laughs> at Fairbanks to WVU. When's the last time you looked at that? Fairbanks. <laughs> yeah, nah, not in some time. We're going to fix it, though. I promise. Yes, we are. It's the MSI Podcast right here. <laughs>